Prepare yourself for Big News Wednesday. Welcome back after the holidays, everybody. It's Fantastic Wednesday with me, Francesca Fiantini. Francesca, how's it going? It's good. I'm glad we were able to find time for me. No big deal. But we fit I, you. <laughs> you you fit fit me in, feet me in. Um, and I'm super happy to be here. Uh, hope everyone had a good holiday, or maybe you're still celebrating. Um, maybe, and getting maybe ready. New Year's is the big one for you. Yep. Kwanzaa started, I think. Also true, multiple holidays. Let's remember. I want to learn more about Kwanzaa. There, I said it. I, I think, think we should all be lifelong learners. I, agree. I think I'll just get a children's book, and then my baby and I can learn together, and then yeah. I, um, look, I honestly think that having a kid is a great opportunity to learn a bunch of stuff that you've sort of just coasted on yeah, intellectually yeah. throughout your life. One hundred percent. Like, how like math. does a microwave work, and what is yeah. math, and all yeah, that? Yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, uh, let's apply that to the holidays as well. And I, I like it. Might have seemed like I was sort of joking about New Year's being a big one, although some people do really get into New Year's Eve. But I also think I have I have this particular type of relatively common. I don't know if it's a psychological flaw or an emotional flaw, but oh, I put a probably. lot of stock in New Year's resolutions. Yeah, like it's got like sort of like a a desperation to it of. This is the only way a change is gonna come, and so I, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, it's anyway. so it's very sad to look back on last year's and be like, nope. I don't know nope. what mine was. <laughs> Did we do a top ten list? We're gonna have to look into that. But anyway, uh, we're not quite to New Year's yet, but we are fresh off of Christmas, and we will be talking about Christmas in just a little bit. But the thing is. It's a big news Wednesday, and we're very close to the end of the year. And we have this opportunity with Francesca. We decided we want to look back on this year. So 2023 is effectively over. It was a big year in all the worst ways. Here is a look back on the year that was. The Honorable Kevin McCarthy of the state of California is duly elected Speaker of the House of Representatives. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. The Speaker of the House has been removed. I did everything right and they indicted me. Today, an indictment was unsealed. A Fulton County grand jury returned a true bill of indictment. I don't kick sideways, I'm kicking forward. Rhonda Sanctimonious. The corporate press views me as a bigger threat. <laughs> Lauren Bober is now apologizing after video showed her uh, vaping inside a Denver theater. The sudden and stunning end to Tucker Carlson's tenure at Fox. They're now selling swimsuits with tuckums in the women's section of the store. For the first time since 1960, we will be looking at Hollywood on strike. The United Auto Workers has launched an historic targeted strike. Palestinian militants in Gaza fired thousands of rockets into Israel. Today, Israel intensified its airstrikes on the Palestinian territory. George Santos has been voted expelled from the House of Representatives. Okay, 
Producer Ashley did an amazing job in putting that together. Cause man, you know, we do this every day, Francesca. Uh, it feels like five times a day, but it's so easy to forget how much actually happened in this year. And I was reminded of so much. Now, obviously, there's a lot that couldn't fit into a wrap up video like that. So we will remind you that there was also the decision in the E. Jean Carroll sexual abuse case against Donald Trump, where he needs to give her $5 million, and that whole process isn't even done. There was the expelling of the Tennessee three and then eventually justice for them. The Supreme Court, of course, was also That's very busy right. this year, ending effectively ending affirmative action and killing Joe Biden's student loan relief plan. So, you know, Supreme Court, some good decisions and then all of the other ones. So that's fun, but some good stuff was also identified in that video. You do have the indict the indictments against Donald Trump, and you have you know some really successful um, you know labor uh, actions, including with the UAW. And uh, there's a lot of bad stuff, but George Santos got kicked out. So Francesca, what's your evaluation of 2023? What will or should it be remembered for? Oh, this is such a hard one, but it was it it, it feels like. We have been like a dress rehearsal at the circus. Like I feel like because it's not an election year, there were a lot of like off year circus like things like the drama from the last circus, you know, when we were on tour, that would be like the Rico charges. And then the circus of Boebert, Tucker Carlson getting kicked off. Like, you know, not not real Jan 6 stuff happened. You know, we can always hope for 2024, but again, the, the sort of, the side circus drama when like the lights are down and all the sort of like crap comes out. I feel like SCOTUS mm -hmm. was like that as well. But again, there's no way to characterize how this was other than not the worst. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if like, God, it's so like, how do you rate like horrific Supreme Court decisions? Like you put both of those terrible. <laughs> Material impact on tens of millions of people, not just in the past, but also in the future. But then you remember, well, in the previous year, they got rid of Roe v. Wade. That's really bad, too. Right. I don't know how you compare or contrast those things. Um, the positive stuff, you know, we have these indictments against Donald Trump, but of course, it's not like he's actually been convicted, other than the Eugene Carroll, the, the civil stuff that he's actually been convicted on. So it could be that these just end up being like, you know, the special counsel's like holding the football out, and we're like, oh, I think I can kick it this time. Yeah. So that remains to be seen. Um, in terms of like stuff outside of the United States, I'm I am admittedly struggling to come up with good news. You know, mm -hmm. there's the continuation of the devastating war in Ukraine. There was, of course, uh, you know, October 7th and the the horrors that have followed that. As well, you've had droughts and famines in East Africa, parts of the Middle East. You've had horrific natural disasters in Asia and South and Latin America. So outside of the United States, maybe worse. I don't know, maybe we just don't get the good news here. But if you can come up with anything positive that's happened in other countries, feel free to let me know. I mean, Lula came back into power in Brazil, oh, yeah, that's, that's true. good. But then Javier Millet became president just in the neighboring Argentina, which mm -hmm. is Awful, already awful. But yeah, largely, um, look, this has been a setup. Again, again, we're the dress rehearsal, the setup, the charges coming down, the indictments coming down, the plea deals exciting and interesting. But like 2024 and five, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, those are gonna be, I don't, we need a, we need a meditation practice as a dragon squad mm -hmm. because we're gonna need it.
Yeah, um, or I don't know, like maybe we can focus on things outside of politics that were positive. By the way, someone is saying that I said that Ukraine was this year. No, I said it was a continuation of the horrific war in Ukraine this year. Um, but also there, there was some good stuff. It doesn't have to do with politics. Tears of the Kingdom came out this year and Baldur's Gate 3 and Barbie came out this year. There was some good TV good. and Gen V was pretty good. There I was mean, some good pop culture stuff, Taylor Swift. All over right. the place, and that's right. really bothering right wingers. So that's like got crossover appeal. What else might might I be forgetting? About? I mean, Beyonce also was on tour. Um, depending on and how others. you fall on that, and others, I'm sure yeah. other people, other musicians exist. There are probably several. There are uh, probably good a year couple more. Of the WWE had a good year. I know that that was driving you uh, morale wise throughout the what year. What about sports, John? Hey, let's take a, let's take a quick moment to talk about sports news. Mm -hmm. Like that Super Bowl. Oh boy, howdy. Ooh. That was a good one. Ooh, oh, I like how they caught the ball sometimes. They did, but sometimes not. Sometimes and depending not. on who it was, that could be good or bad. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but anyway, yeah, I look, th this is a year that it, it had some good stuff. We also had a lot of like just a holding pattern, really. Like, as we're gonna yeah. talk about later on in the show, the federal government, outside of Biden, a couple of executive actions, some of which were overturned. Basically, nothing happened. Like, let's let's reserve our conversation for later on. But this was sort of like a reminder of we always get something like this in the lead up to elections. Elections, things sort of slow down a little bit in terms of legislation, and everything. But this was like a particularly nothing year for substantive legislation getting passed. And I also the year before the presidential election for me is always an exciting year because it's like it's this time of possibility. Like what could end up happening? But mm -hmm. it was also sort of ruined in that most of the challengers to Trump have been unable or unwilling to do what it takes to break through. And then the DNC has effectively annihilated the Democratic primary and Biden is running again, even though he had said that he wouldn't run for a second term. We'll be talking about that side of it later on in the show in the aftermath when candidate Cenk Uger joins us on the show. But yeah, I feel like we've been sort of denied some of the the fun political primary stuff that that should be delivered at a time like this. Yeah, I mean, I think the other big news of this year has been exactly that, the complete kowtowing of the Republican Party to Donald Trump and the I would say the implosion of Ron DeSantis, the inability to connect with Anyone, including his own family, just including himself, including the inner voice that's just like, what are you doing, Ron? You know, like it mm -hmm. the other thing that this year I think is is interesting is um the anti-woke thing kind of fizzled, right? Like it just kind of imploded like an Elon Musk SpaceX rocket. Like it was just like boom, it was gone. Suddenly every no one wanted to talk about it anymore. And all you know, moms for liberty are still like, but the books, you know, and look, mm -hmm. the die's been cast, but it still seemed like the electorate, especially Republicans, were moving away from that. I mean, it was supposed to be Ron's year. It seems yeah. like it might have been Haley's. Yeah, I, look, I think I saw an article about how he's sort of gone down with the ship on the anti-woke thing. It has, you know, gone up in flames like Elon Musk's Teslas on self full self-driving. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I look, I have no doubt that Moms for Liberty is going to be, you know, doubling down on getting people to pay attention to the books because they certainly don't want you paying attention to the tapes. Am I right? Google right. it. Um, but anyway, yeah, like I don't know because at the beginning of this year we had the Bud Light thing. 
and the target thing. And that was supposed to be a demonstration of the strength of the, the right led culture war. And, you know, like stock prices vacillate and all that, but it, I, I don't know lingering how, how, how much damage has been done. But people, some conservatives are refusing to drink Bud Light. They took mm -hmm. a principled stand that because a massive corporation did an extremely minor social media thing with someone they had previously never heard of, they should never again drink the beer they've drunk for decades. So a lot of principle there on the right. And then in that video you saw, Ashley threw in, there was all that viral like rando weirdo right wingers going into Target and like being horrified at what they saw. Like literally holding up a shirt that just says the word queer. And we're supposed to like, yeah, oh. Oh, it says queer. Oh, I understand everything. Why are you freaking out about? It? You understand that some people are queer, right? Like you being freaked out about it doesn't stop that from being true. And so there's a lot of bad trends on you know TikTok and vertical video generally, but the like the gotcha of just identifying that people you don't like or understand or fear or whatever exist. I don't yeah. like that trend particularly. So honestly, I don't know. The fact that the anti-woke thing wasn't enough for a candidate to beat Donald Trump seems true. But bear in mind, he's kind of encapsulating that movement himself. So I don't know if they're gonna move on next year. I mean, they never really do. They're always fighting these same culture wars. Yeah, no, yeah, it's not going anywhere. But I do think it was, it. the proof is in the pudding. People want that faux populism that Donald Trump has and no other candidate is able to really embody that. Um, but you see, I mean, John, I think largely, don't you feel like this is also the year of Republicans floundering? I mean, it's very possible they're gonna lose the House next year. Um, and they've had the balls been in their court, they've had the power. They're, they're they swear there's evidence that Biden, Joe Biden helped his son, and then there's no evidence. And they're yeah. too, you know, chicken doo-doo to actually call Biden to testify. Um, he's he's been like, I'm here, let me testify, let's talk about this. Hunter Biden's actually finally found his voice, thank God. I mean, honestly, I think he has a better sense of PR than his dad does, let's be real. Mm -hmm. um, so this has also been sort of the, the implosion of Republican leadership, to say nothing of McCarthy and the speakership and ending in Mike Johnson's lap, but like, which I don't ever yeah. wanna think about what's in his lap or not. But, you know, like, it's proof that when Republicans are in power, they don't actually want to be in power. They wanna be an opposition force. They wanna be whiners. They want to be um, nitpickers. They don't wanna be leaders. They don't wanna deliver for the American people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they want to have enough power. And, and generally, in the minority, they can have enough power to stop anything significant from happening. And then pretty much just just run out the clock. That that's what yeah. right wing ideology is is running out the clock. They just want to keep their money until they they just keel over from old age or gout or whatever. That's the entirety of their politics. Um, and so occasionally they do want to win a presidential election. They want to be able to pass you know trillions of more dollars of more tax cuts for the wealthy. They want to do that so they can have a bigger pile of money before they keel over from gout. Um, but that's it. Like. Once they finally have the power, they come into, you know, they, they control the house or whatever. It's not that they didn't get a lot done. Obviously, they're not gonna get a lot done, even if they try with Biden in the White House. But they didn't try. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a right winger watching this, what did Biden stop that was significant that the right did that was not just an expression of a conspiracy theory, but some actual idea? Some radical reimagining of what America can be for conservatives. 
Nope. Nothing. Like they they talked about Hunter Biden and they showed some nude photos of him and that was pretty much it. Anyway, maybe that will in the end be what 2023 is remembered for. Um now 2024 is coming. High hopes for 2024. We'll be doing our predictions uh I believe on next week's um uh, top 10 list for our members on YouTube. So everyone stay tuned for that. Everybody experiences Christmas in their own way, and that includes Donald Trump. Now, he is a holly jolly man, and he wanted to make sure that everyone recognized the holiday. And so he posted on True Social about it. And in that, he said, Merry Christmas to all, including Crooked Joe Biden's only hope, deranged Jack Smith. He did not. <laughs> Wait long before you begin to say the out of control lunatic who just hired outside attorneys fresh from the swamp, unprecedented. Delve with his poorly executed wish hunts against Trump and MAGA, blah, 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 open borders, blah, blah, green news scam, blah, blah, all electric car lunacy. I thought you guys liked Elon Musk now. You really need to decide where you stand on this because isn't he the EV guy? And so much more looking to destroy our once great USA. May they rot in hell again. Merry Christmas. That is a guy who understands the reason for the season. I love the idea that like right wingers be like, you know who's like a devoted Christian? Donald Trump. Yeah. He's the guy who understands the whole birth of Jesus thing. Totally. The silent night part, you know, the shh, <laughs> quiet, be with your thoughts, snow falling and whatever. Uh yeah, I I first of all, the longest run on sentence. Just mm, incredible. Like I this <laughs> it's a lot. beats me in my live streams. Him just going like, including all of these other people who are terrible, and then may they rot in hell. Merry Christmas. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Love it. if it, even, <sighs> even me, in, in, even on Christmas, when I was like, hmm, Bethlehem, it, Christmas uh, services have been canceled, it is in the occupied West Bank. And yet, may I have it in my heart to somehow forgive the people who are not able to call what is happening in Gaza. An ethnic cleansing or a genocide? Like, may I even like even me? But no, no. Here's here's Trump really showing us how it's done. Never, never surrender. Never, no, just no compassion. It Don't did, give him an inch. I, I know that I'm not supposed to draw something sensible out of this, but like he talks about how we we have these uh, ins these thugs who are evil because of our high taxes. He passed the last tax bill. Yep. Taxes are what he and the Republicans chose him. What like slashed them like crazy for corporations uh, and for the highest earners. So, but you guys passed those. What are you talking about? And then I love that he just mentions so we have these sick and evil thugs who, because of their Russia slash Ukraine, Israel slash Iran, like the Democrats are responsible for both of those wars. I don't even understand what point he's trying. He's literally just mentioning things. That have happened. There was an Afghanistan surrender, I guess, years ago. And he had previously said that he was gonna play. Again, none of this makes any sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot now just briefly to a reminder how this ties into our electoral future. The Daily Mail had done this poll where they they asked a whole bunch of people to evaluate Donald Trump and Joe Biden and say, what do you think of when you think of their next term? What they'll do with that term. So Donald Trump screen capped. 
the results of that, a word cloud. And with no commentary, he just spread this to his, well, I was gonna say millions of followers, but it's true social. So I guess the hundreds of followers, uh, this is the word cloud that was generated when people think about that term. Uh, revenge is the most commonly cited word, dictatorship and dictator are there. Nothing, by the way, is fairly big there too, but revenge, dictatorship and dictator. And he liked that enough that he just shared it. <laughs> hey, look at this. When people think of me, they think of a revenge-fueled dictator. Happy holidays. Thoughts, Francesca? Nothing's pretty high up there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, remember, it's just nothing but revenge, power, dictatorship, border, corruption's also creeping up there. Like, yeah, no, he, I mean, again, we think this can't get worse, but it does. And he's now just leaning into the idea of him being a dictator. He's leaning into the idea that democracy is done. Um, and again, right wingers are poised to allow him to do that. The lesson of January 6th wasn't we should try to overturn and undermine democracy. The lesson was we have to do it more effectively and we need to do it from jump. Uh, and we needed to have all of our ducks in a row, all of the Capitol Police on our side. You know, we should have called in the National Guard. And, you know, as was the fear, and I think why they were not called, they will be, you know, punch throwing punches in our you know against in you know mm -hmm. in our favor so to speak against our uh, enemies and so yeah man the fact that he likes this and he's sharing that and the people watching like yeah totally and they're 14 yeah well on the other side nothing was actually the most cited thing for Joe Biden you would why didn't he share that one like that's yeah. the one he should share hey my opponent when people think of him they think of nothing Instead, he shares the one where, again, as you said, corruption is fairly highly placed. For for Biden, it's look, nothing is not a good thing to have applied, but most of the other words are perfectly fine. I mean, destruction is there. I guess that's bad. Socialism. Man, people don't know what words mean. But anyway, uh, Biden, hey, heads up, maybe do something so that people don't think of the word nothing when they think of you. And uh, for, for any of you out there who maybe you didn't have the, the best holiday or whatever, or maybe you did actually. Just a reminder, like we we are raised here to both worship and possess immense jealousy for the rich. The rich are the best, the smartest, more moral than us. Donald Trump spent his Christmas truthing about his political enemies. That's literally what he was doing, was constantly going on his phone and truthing conspiracy theories about the legal challenges he's facing. Like he has literally billions of dollars, supposedly, and yet he did not have a good Christmas. He has many kids, he has an extended family. They could have gone to Aspen or something and totally. I don't know, skied, you know, and drank. Yeah, do hot what rich cocoa. people do. Like you can do rich people stuff, but he doesn't. Their money has not brought them an ounce of joy. And just bear that in mind. If you draw a little bit of schadenfreude from that, perhaps. But otherwise, just, just remember like the, the, the myth of the rich uh, that we are sold as we grow up in America. It's just, it's based in literally nothing. They're, they're just desperate, petty people by and large. Yeah. Um, few more so than Trump. 
I mean, the worst part is a lot of them are on their vacations and they are still rage tweeting and just being mad about nothing. Again, look at Elon Musk. Have you ever seen someone who was having more of a midlife crisis, who was more aimless and sad and needed therapy? He's the richest man in the world and he spends all of his time tweeting. Like, John. I swear to God, history needs to stop being made by powerful men who just need therapy. I'm so uh-huh. sick of it. And there should be federally mandated therapy. The more money you get, the more sessions you should have to do. Yes, yes. Anyway, you can get lower taxes, but it's redirected into you know dealing with what you know the fact that daddy didn't hug you. Oh. Or hugged okay, your sister well, too hard. Anyway, weird, right? That oh was God, weird. You're not talking about any particular rich family. No. Anyway, with that said, happy holidays, one and all. We're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we got some breaking news to talk about. Okay, but if you're just joining us now, please hit the like button because we need to jump into some developing news. Michigan's Supreme Court has just rejected an attempt to keep Donald Trump off of the 2024 Republican primary ballot. That is upholding a lower court ruling. So this had been an appeal to the unsuccessful previous attempt to keep him off the ballot. And the Supreme Court has weighed in saying they are not gonna block him from the Michigan ballot. So obviously this moves in the exact opposite direction of the recent Colorado Supreme Court ruling that did bar him from the ballot or will pending Supreme Court decisions. Remember it was paused, but bear in mind back in November, Michigan district judge ruled that Mr. Trump was allowed to remain on the state's ballot, arguing that neither the Secretary of State of Michigan or the courts had the authority to determine whether a person was eligible to run for office or to remove candidates. I mean, arguably that's what the 14th Amendment is about. Maybe they they believe that that is only the province of the Supreme Court to decide, but the state Supreme Courts are still supposed to be bound by the US Constitution. So it seems like a bad argument, but that's where they went. And the Court of Appeals in Michigan upheld it, and then now the Michigan Supreme Court. So uh, the at that at that point, back when it was at the Court of Appeals, they said, the only event about to occur is the presidential primary election. But as explained, whether Trump is disqualified is irrelevant to his placement on that particular ballot. Basically saying, we're not really ruling on whether he should be able to run in the general election. But right. when the when it's the primary, it's not our place to step in. And it's interesting, that was not a thing that they focused on in Colorado. Although arguably, yeah, you could make a major distinction between the primary and the general election. The general election is the election. The primary election is kind of a private organization sort of thing. It's big and it's you know it's been raised up culturally to the same level as the general election to some extent. But you could certainly make a distinction between those two when evaluating section three of the 14th amendment, I think. So that seems fair. The Supreme Court, by the way, in Michigan did not give really any any reasoning for this. They just said, we are not persuaded that the questions presented should be reviewed by this court. They didn't sign it, they didn't say what the vote was. It was one paragraph and they're moving on with their lives. So Francesca did not agree with Colorado. What do you make of this? How do you think this affects the path going forward for this area? I mean, I, I like sort of the angle you're taking in terms of you can understand that I guess the general is the actual election. But truly, for me, the Constitution sounds like you can't run. You can't run for office. I mean, maybe it's shall hold no office, but effectively, if you're, if we are to abide by the Constitution, if we're to create laws around the Constitution, you can't run for office, right? If your name, it's your name and then, oh yeah, you know, asterisk, like 
insurrectionist. Like I was, but but you can't because mm -hmm. in no world could you actually hold an office. So you can't aid a bed or or give comfort to all that stuff. Um, a bet, excuse me. But the real thing is like. We have to understand how serious this is. Like, I, I don't expect Michigan to bar Trump from the ballot. Yay, Colorado. We'll see what happens with the Supreme Court. But the fact that, you know, this amendment was specifically designed after the Civil War and when a racist Confederacy that wanted to protect its right to own people um, got into, I mean, tried to secede from the Union. And then, you know, however many mass casual American casualties ensued. Like, like this is a right wing movement. And the legacy of that right wing movement to continue to subjugate people, to treat people like second class citizens, um, to bar people from their voting rights, from their human rights, from their civil rights. That legacy is Donald Trump. And the yeah. fact that we are even dealing with a right wing movement today is because we've never healed from the wounds of the Civil War. We've never had a proper reconstruction. Black Americans have not been given, I mean, put reparations aside, but a true chance at being equal citizens in this country, um, from housing to education to where the, you know, to anything, to running for office, to holding office as the reconstruction intended. So like, it's very serious. This is about white supremacy. This is about our inability to look back to heal and to change from the Civil War and arguably from this nation's founding. I mean, I agree with basically everything you said. The only thing I would maybe tweak is it might in the end be too kind to say that they want many groups to be treated as second class citizens. I'm not sure that they want them to maintain citizenship for many people. But other than that, I do agree with you. and. You know, you calling back to the sort of the origins of the 14th Amendment, like some of the Republicans, like Vivek Ramaswamy said, like this obviously doesn't apply because the 14th Amendment was about the Civil War, which, by the way, that's not how the Constitution works. If they wanted it to only apply then, it wouldn't have been a constitutional amendment. Exactly. Um, the Constitutional Amendment, once it's written, is written. But even if you wanted to make the distinction where, hey, we're the MAGA movement, that was about the Civil War. I don't, maybe maybe put down the Confederate flags then. If you don't <laughs> want to be connected to that, stop venerating and worshiping yes. that failed attempt to ruin America. Maybe. Now, Donald Trump is very excited about the fact that Michigan has not followed suit with Colorado in you know ruling to bar him from the ballot. He said that they have strongly and rightfully denied the desperate Democrat attempt to take the leading candidate off the ballot, blah, 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 pathetic gambit to rig the election, blah, 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 has failed all across the country, including in states that have historically leaned heavily towards the Democrats. Colorado is the only state to have fallen prey to the scheme. The 4-3 Colorado Supreme Court decision, which they themselves stayed, thus keeping me on the ballot as we go to the US Supreme Court, is being ridiculed and mocked all over the world. Blah, 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 something, something crooked, Joe Biden, blah, blah, blah. Make Violently America. destroying yeah. everything inside. 100%. Here, here's like, an idea. Like, like yeah, I know, again, the, the apocalypse. Who's the, who's the X Men that just, that just looks at things and destroys? Cyclops, I think, is yeah. where you're going with that. Yeah, I agree. I often think about Cyclops when thinking about judicial decisions. But um, <laughs> yeah, here's an idea. Since Colorado 
ruled and made an argument that you could agree or disagree with. And I think that we've been, we've attempted to be very fair and nuanced in our evaluation of it. And I continually play devil's advocate for people who literally want to end American democracy, which I probably shouldn't do. Maybe we'll regret it in the future. And now Michigan <laughs> hasn't done that. And as you say, many states, including Democrat states, haven't done it. One could take away from that that it is not a purely partisan exercise. Different judges are coming to different conclusions about something that is not explicit or clear. Yes. Rather than well, when it's Colorado, it's clearly George Soros has done the conspiracy. No, that's we're, we're working through complex, difficult judicial subject matter effectively. And the Supreme Court, it's their main role is to weigh in on things like this, and they're gonna do that. So stop freaking out about it, maybe. That's what I would advise. I mean, we haven't had a lot of attempted coups, right? I mean, mm -hmm. and again, this is it's so true of like, well, it wasn't actually a civil war. And you're like, okay, I'm pretty sure you stormed the Capitol building. Like, and again, this is the thing. Shoe on the other foot. If a bunch of leftist radicals, people of color, like we're the ones doing that, you're damn right. That they would be barred from ever running for office again or for the first time. That's just now we have insurrectionists again, Jan Sixers who are getting into politics and are allowed to do so because of the way that we soft glove Confederates, racists, and psychos in this nation. We always have. We handhold them and we say, this will make it better if we just appease the, you know, this monster, give him a little bone to gnaw on, he'll be fine. No, lock him up. Yeah, well, I will also remind everyone, including if there are any conservatives, perhaps Representative Green watching, I will remind you <laughs> that Donald Trump, after he lost the Iowa caucus in 2016, to Ted Cruz tried to have that that election of the caucus, I guess, nullified because he said that Ted Cruz had cheated. So in that case, he was perfectly happy to take someone off the ballot ex post facto, I guess. Um, oh, He also tried to get Barack Obama barred from running because he pretended that Obama wasn't a citizen because of something something birth certificate something something Muslim. So again, this guy who is now continually bleeding about how unfair it is to apply the 14th Amendment in a way that I think is at least arguable has repeatedly throughout his career tried to have people barred from running for office. I know that no conservative will acknowledge that because again, they don't operate on a on a system of principles. It's all what benefits me and my side and then I'm perfectly willing to totally reverse it as soon as it hits someone I hate. So, you know, don't expect any consistency out of this. And by the way, um, free speech for people who, in this particular case with Michigan, is the organization that was pushing for him to be denied, said that they're disappointed by this. They're also stressing that this decision isn't binding on any court outside Michigan, which is obvious. Uh, and we will continue our current and planned legal actions in other states to enforce Section 3. Obviously, all of this is leading up to the Supreme Court deciding. So, you know, just hold on to your butts for that, I guess. Two paramedics have now been found guilty in the 2019 death of Elijah McClain. If you don't remember this particular case, Elijah McClain was a 23 year old American black man from Aurora, Colorado, who was killed as a result of being injected with a apparently fatal dose of ketamine by paramedics after being forcibly detained by police. He went into cardiac arrest and six days later he died in a hospital. When he had been detained by the police, he was simply walking home from a convenience store 
which in America is frequently fatal because of the terrible state of America and our law enforcement. So this is the big update. It's taken years, but the paramedics have been found guilty. There's Jeremy Cooper, Peter Sichaniak, I believe, found guilty of criminally negligent homicide. Jurors found Sichaniak guilty of one second degree assault of for unlawful administration of drug and not guilty of an additional second degree assault charge. Cooper was found not guilty of two second degree assault charges. Um, so they were charged after finding out that they made the decision to administer 500 milligrams of ketamine, the maximum dosage. And they did so after diagnosing him with what they call excited delirium. Now, this is not a term that you're familiar with. You should be because it's popped up in America um, uh, quite often. It's a term applied to diagnose suspects who appear to be acutely dis distressed hyperactive or aggressive during police encounters. Excited delirium is what police have used to assert that suspects possessed quote, superhuman strength. And it's been criticized by advocates as racially motivated, unscientific, and a way to get officers off the hook for a death on their watch. Colorado, by the way, has banned cops from using that medical diagnosis starting next year. Good. Unfortunately, too late to save the life of Elijah McClain or others who have been brutalized or killed as a result of this unscientific knee jerk diagnosis of effectively saying this person is no longer a human. They are capable of superhuman feats and thus doesn't that justify anything we do? That is effectively how it's been used. And, and by the way, as has already been hinted at there in a racially discriminatory fashion. So there's no national database tracking cases of excited delirium. But in one study, data showed that between 2010 and 2020, there were 166 reported instances where a person died in police custody and excited delirium was described as a possible cause of death. Of those people, black people made up 43% of those deaths despite making up only 13% of the US population. And the idea that a cop or a paramedic saying that someone is in excited delirium to the extent that that is what kills the person certainly seems at the very least suspicious. But in this case, we do have the the charges being successful. Francesca, what do you think? I mean, thank God, you know, that at least there's some more accountability, but it is so sickening. And here's the thing about paramedics is when the cops are beating the crap out of people, when they are illegally detaining them, when they, again, as we've seen time and time again, are escalating the situation and getting a potential suspect into excited delirium, which is basically just endorphins or feeling scared. When people are scared, generally they have a reaction, right? It's hard to stay calm when you're afraid for your life. A lot of times it's the paramedics that come in maybe very late, maybe right on time on the scene. And they're the ones making decisions about whether and how to save this person's life and how to treat them. They're the ones who could stall and wait to administer care. They're the ones who could administer 500 milligrams of ketamine and kill a early 20s, what, 21 year old kid. 19 at that time. Yeah. 19 year old kid. Yeah. So the paramedics also uh, are largely responsible for the police brutality and lack of accountability. And I know in other instances, they've been heroes, they've helped. But a, but a lot of times, again, that sort of thin blue line, the code of conduct also bleeds into the paramedics as they believe whatever the cops are telling them. So mm -hmm. I'm glad there's some sort of accountability. 
Yeah, although again, took took literally years, and you know, as we as we covered, of those 166 people who died in this that that have been found, obviously there's no national database or anything like. I don't know how many might not have. Yeah, if there had been not been this knee jerk reaction of I no longer need to consider this person as a person. I no longer need to carefully consider what I do to control the situation. I have set up a situation wherein. Almost anything I do will be found to be acceptable by a population that's been raised with, um, you know, like like they're using the term excited delirium now. Like we've shown you in the past, maybe a couple of years ago, we talked about the history of this, and there were headlines in the New York Times back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s of like describing black men as being like I think they used the terms like gorilla, like gorilla strength, like the like they they did not try even. To use quasi scientific language, but it's the exact same thing. It's this is not a person, and yeah. thus they do not need to be handled like a person. I mean, you see photos of Elijah McClain, the idea that they're treating him as if he's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or something is absolutely maddening, giving him way too high a dose of this. And so I'm not even gonna give you any more of the statements from the side that was. Defensive towards this. I'm going to give you a statement from Shanine McLean. So, the mother of Elijah McLean, who released a statement ahead of the verdict saying, No amount of procedures, practices, protocols, or the lack of training for service jobs will ever replace the human heart. I am sure that if Elijah had been one of their children, family members, friends, or comrades, they would not have been so indifferent to what was happening like they were with my son. 100%. I mean, I think you could just go broader and say generally these sorts of things simply would not be done if the person was white. It doesn't have to be a family member. Um, and then after the verdict, she said that it was a very small acknowledgement for accountability. No, the three out of five convictions are not justice. The only thing the convictions serve is a very small acknowledgement for accountability in the justice system. My son's murder case is part of a continuum of hatred that is spread throughout the world. And I think we can all understand why you would not feel awesome as a result of this. Nothing brings back. Your son, who was needlessly taken from you, and like so, Colorado is not going to allow for you know excited delirium as a diagnosis. Now, do we not think that they're going to find something that the cops aren't going to push back against this? It is very nice to have a get out of accountability free card. Well, yeah. So there's so much more to say. I mean, go to you. No, no. I mean, just the, just also my thoughts are like, you know, we've seen this Elijah McLean. I believe he also was like a very quiet person. I don't know if he was neurodivergent. I don't know if he was having like some kind of episode, but we also see just how crass police are when they deal with people. Um, and of course, obviously disproportionately, you know, um, black people in this country, but just we've seen other videos, right? Of, you know, people having mental episodes being like, I'm sorry, I'm just scared. I'm sorry. Elijah was very, very cordial to the same people. People that were, you know, brutalizing him. I'm sorry, I just can't breathe. I'm trying to comply. You know, this kind of stuff that is so gut wrenching. It is truly the policing system that needs to change, not our behavior. And so I'm glad that Colorado is not going to have this. California, for example, is going to do away with the line, do you know why I stopped you when it comes to traffic stops? Which, 
as it's been told, as it's been, like apparently stats are in, that's an incredibly aggressive line and tends to escalate the entire interaction. You're like, yeah, it's the most passive aggressive line. Do you know why I stopped you? No, stupid, just tell me what's going on mm-hmm. so I'm not in the dark and we don't have, get into an argument. Don't be a weird teacher about it. Just say yeah. you were going 70, I'm stopping you. Like, you know, so that kind of stuff, there's so many ways they could de-escalate, but they don't. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the, the final thing I wanna say about this is, uh, I, I wanna, I guess, double down on what Shanine McLean said about none of this, these minor regulation changes or stopping you know, a term from being used can replace the human heart. I feel like we talked about this literally last week, like no one is a human anymore. No one, like we as outsiders, and I understand, they're living it every day. So I don't know what it would take. Like, does there need to be mandated evaluations or something? Does there need to be mandated like a week off to just step out of the desensitizing that you experience clearly through your job? The normalization of barbaric behavior and lack of empathy to just try to get you to once again see people as people. And I, and this is not exclusive to cops, obviously. I think that clearly some paramedics obviously feel that way. I think a lot of politicians could use a little bit of just a reminder that you are supposed to be a part of a society. We are supposed to be people living together, thriving or failing together. And all too often, there just is a complete dehumanization that we see from people who have significant amounts of power. So a little bit of justice obviously does not solve the problem and we will we will wait to see what term cops come up with to replace excited delirium in the future. And remember, by the way, in a lot of states, they're still gonna use it. Okay, with that said, we're gonna end our first hour with a little bit more looking back on the year. Whenever we're ready, we can jump right into this. One thing, I want my Republican colleagues to give me one thing, one, that I can go campaign on and say we did. One, anybody sitting in the complex, if you wanna come down to the floor and come explain to me one material, meaningful, significant thing the Republican majority has done besides, well, I guess it's not as bad as the Democrats. That is Republican Chip Roy, who very clear statement to his colleagues, what did we do? And the answer is not much. So if you take a look at the actual number of bills that have been enacted by congressional sessions, this is a standout year. If you jump up, like any one of these years, you could say on this chart that not enough is being done, the priorities are all wrong. But that that first term for this congressional session, there was almost nothing. And by the way, that chart makes it look more productive than it actually was. Because even of that very small number of bills that was enacted, uh, they were basically like nothing bills, uncontroversial, passed by unanimous consent, renaming veterans affairs clinics, <laughs> minting a coin to commemorate the 250th anniversary of the Marine Corps. I'm not saying that that's it, not important or whatever, but I don't know that it necessarily is gonna make or break a lot of Americans lives. And so you kind of had this year, no federal government. In large part, like you had the executive branch, maybe they got some stuff done, 
But you got a look at what happens when you don't have functioning government. Mm -hmm. And for some people, that seems like an objectively bad thing. I just want everyone to bear in mind that there are a lot of people who are doing very well under the status quo that don't want there to be a functioning government that could potentially be upset the apple cart. But really nothing was done. Some of the stuff that was done was just obviously a waste of time. Censuring Jamal Bowman and Rashida Tlaib and Adam Schiff for a whole bunch of nonsense. The long drawn out process to get Kevin McCarthy in and then the long drawn out process to replace him with another schmo. They tried to cut Pete Buttigieg's salary to $1. I don't like, was it about the train or was it about the paternity leave? I don't even, I'm not even sure which I would prefer as the rationale for that. And now they're, they're turning to impeaching Joe Biden. So it's looking like next year might be less productive than this. Francesca, what do you think? I mean, on the one hand, you know, we always say Republicans don't actually care about the American people. They don't care about doing anything that would help them in terms of the economy, like raising the minimum wage, like making it easier to form a union, you know, making housing more affordable, education more affordable, nothing like that. They don't care, right? Extending the child tax credit. There's a million things they could do to actually help people put money in people's pockets. They don't want to do that. And the other, but the real thing that this reveals that's so sad is that. They got everything they wanted, all right? This is the kid that got 50 presents on Christmas Mm -hmm. and is so bored that they're just like, I don't know, now they're just stealing stuff. <laughs> like they, 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 they have gotten everything. They, they got their $2 trillion tax cut. They have a far right Supreme Court that stripped women of our reproductive rights. Like, just completely gone. They caught the car and now they're dealing with the ramifications because some of them are under the wheel because they see that the electorate is not happy with them. But more broadly, they've gotten everything they want. They got their wish list, John. So it's like, on the one hand, I'm mad. On the other hand, I'm like, God, what else is there for them to do? Yeah, what would, and that, that is a question I think we should, we should end this, this hour on, especially to any conservatives, because I understand there's a lot of leftists that are, I think are rightly suspicious of um, you know the why the Democratic Party accomplishes so little when they're in power and understands what what the Republicans are trying to get done. But to the conservatives out there, you've already shown that you are willing to conceive of you know people like you know manipulating things behind the scenes. But if you were a billionaire or had a hundred million dollars, what would you do to maintain that money? What would politics look like? If you were in charge and already had everything you wanted, just think about that a little bit. And that's unfortunately all the time we have for the first hour of the show and all the time we have with Francesca Fiorentini. Everyone definitely check out Francesca's special, which has been coming up later on tonight. My ABC's special. The, it's her special. <laughs> it's my also special. Also Brett's special. They have joint custody of the special. Yes, yes we do. Uh, ABC's the year, 9, 8 central. Um, so definitely check that out. And Francesca, thank you as always for being thank here. Thank you so much. Happy New Year, everybody. I'll Happy see New you, Year to you too. next Tuesday. Thank you. And everyone else, stick around because presidential candidate Cenk Uger is going to be joining me on the other side of this. 